Welcome to the Ableton and Music Habits Podcast, Episode 50. Welcome to the Ableton and Music Habits Podcast, actionable music production tips to take your music to the next level. And now, your host, Jason Timothy. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hope you're all doing well out there. And in this podcast, we're going to get into 30 ways to improve your music production. And this is going to be a long one, so hang tight with me, but I think you'll get a lot out of it. And with that, let's dive into it. So when it comes to trying to improve your skills in any area of your life, it's difficult to figure out what to do and what actions to take that will make the most impact. As humans, it's much easier to identify how to ruin something than it is to identify how to improve something. A powerful technique to get around this is to make a list of things not to do and then do the opposite. This could be surprisingly effective. So with this in mind, in order to determine the best way to improve as a music producer, I'm gonna make a list of the opposite. These are things that will either stop you from moving forward or take you in the wrong direction altogether. So I hope you enjoy the sarcasm and then I'll flip it around for you and tell you what you should be doing. So let's get started. How to be a crappy producer. One. Don't improve your listening skills. If you want to be a garbage producer, then definitely don't practice deep listening to the songs you admire. Don't listen for the details most people miss, and don't develop your vocabulary to describing the elements you are hearing. You see, listening skills and the ability to unravel how the elements of a track come together are paramount to good production. Your production skills can only be as good as your ability to listen. Recognize the small details and reverse engineer how each part works together. If you can't hear it in other songs, it's incredibly unlikely that you will incorporate these types of details into your own music. And these are the details that can take a song from decent to top tier productions. Number two, boost EQ frequencies on every track. Another essential step for a bad mix is soloing and boosting the EQ frequencies of every instrument until it sounds big, fat, and bright. This is especially bad if you tend to boost the mids on all your tracks. So good production does much less boosting and a lot more carving out frequencies that aren't necessary. If you want more low end on a sound, try cutting some of the mids and highs instead of boosting the lows. Also try carving out subfrequencies below 100 hertz on most sounds that aren't a kick or bass. Don't be tempted to boost mids on every sound or you'll end up with a very thin, tinny mix with no body, depth, or fullness. Know your A players and the parts that play more of a supporting role. This will help you know which parts to enhance and which to more or less leave alone. That said, Reductive EQing can benefit most tracks. Number three, mix each instrument until it is loud and noticeable in the mix, then move to the next. This one really assisted in making my early mixes terrible. Ever wonder why the first sounds you mix always sound buried under the last sounds you mix? Well, this is the secret. So for much better results, each time you mix in a new instrument, turn it louder than it needs to be 
and then lower it as low as you can before, before it begins to lose its desired impact. Once again, remember your A and B players for appropriate mix levels. Also when mixing, try listening to every other sound of the mix to see how this new sound is affecting them. This will keep you from boosting each instrument too loud. Number four, don't work on music daily. This is an excellent way to not build momentum in your music production proficiency. Produce, learn some new things, stop producing for a week, and then forget what you learned, and then have to start from ground zero again. See, habits are formed from daily repetition. It's much easier to internalize everything you are learning when you have a daily habit. By doing this, not only will you end procrastination, but it will help you develop new problem-solving skills that will make the things that seem hard to do now a piece of cake later. It's like reading a few chapters of a book and then putting the book down for a week or two. When you pick up where you left off, you've mostly forgotten what you previously read, and thus you don't have nearly as much context to what you are currently reading. Oftentimes, you'll need to review previous chapters to find your place in the story again. That's why daily habits are incredibly powerful. The fifth way to be a crappy producer, don't use a reference track. Producing without a reference is a great way to get completely off track and not able to catch yourself when you're adding too much or too little to a song. This especially makes arranging a song an unnecessarily monumental task. Reference tracks are a roadmap to success. This doesn't mean that you have to copy a song. Instead, once you have your basic groove or song idea, you want to be able to reference arrangement, energy levels, and the types of groove elements that keep a song interesting. This combined with your listening skills will take much of the guesswork out of producing while still maintaining your own unique sound. But just a quick warning though, don't aim for the same volume levels as your reference track. Instead, lower your reference track by around 15 dB. This way, you don't get into a loudness war with your reference track, and you'll end up with a well-balanced mix with enough headroom for a mastering engineer to put the final touches on your mix. Number six, watch as many videos on music production as possible. There's nothing quite as damaging to your momentum as a producer than endlessly watching tutorials on YouTube. This doesn't make you a good producer. It makes you an obedient consumer. Obedient consumers rarely reach their music goals. As tempting as it might be to consume as much knowledge as possible in preparation for your production tasks at hand, the truth is that this is just 99% procrastination. If you want to get utterly confused, listen to as many varying opinions as possible without sitting down doing the necessary work, and coming to your own conclusions from personal experience. There's a time and place for learning. That time should be when you've pushed your skills to their limit and have an exact challenge that you need a quick solution for. When this happens, set a 15-minute timer and hunt down the specific solution. When the alarm goes off, time's up, get back to work, and push forward to the next challenge. If you are spending more than 20% of your producing time seeking information, you are out of balance and need to take back control of your producing time. 
Number seven, chase whatever sound is currently popular. This is a great way to sound generic, go nowhere, and never build confidence in your own unique voice. If you want to be an overworked, overstressed, and underappreciated musical nobody, this is your path. For the rest of you who want to develop your own confidence in your individual sound, stop chasing tips, tricks, and techniques, and focus on the producing fundamentals. The aspects of professional producing that never change. It's obviously fine to be influenced by new ideas, but if you're losing yourself, constantly afraid that your sound is going to be behind the times or outdated, you will always be a slave to trends and never develop your own confidence in making the art you truly love. Number eight, worry about what others think of your music. If you want to get less accomplished in much more time, always base your self-worth on the opinions of others. Don't move on to the next song until you have been given the stamp of approval from your peers. Now look, I'm not suggesting that no one's opinion matters, but your opinion should be the final word. If you have someone close to you who can give you unbiased feedback on occasions, great. However, waiting on this type of feedback to the detriment of your productivity is a recipe for disaster. The only way to continue improving is to let go of your art when you've decided to call it done and moving on to the next project. Don't wait. If you later want a trusted opinion before releasing songs, that's probably healthy. But in the meantime, don't stop working. The number nine way to be a crappy producer. Become great at making eight bar loops and then stop. Oh man, this is a stellar habit to develop if you want to lose at the game of music production. Just keep pumping out eight bar loops and then stop because finishing songs is hard. Look, if you don't focus on finishing what you start, you develop the terrible habit of not finishing what you start. The things you don't do become as much a habit as the things you do. When not finishing songs becomes the norm, working beyond the eight bar loop feels unnatural and wrong to you. Your brain doesn't like doing new things and forming new skills and habits. Your brain has limited resources. So to help you conserve mental energy, it likes to stick to what it knows and not go far beyond that. Luckily, if you develop a new habit, you can rewrite the rules that your brain follows. Make it a point to finish what you start, even if it's not perfect. Accept your current skill level and move to the next idea. This will really help you make your way to the top 10% of producers. Number 10, never allow yourself to be inspired by other songs. Worrying about originality and closing yourself off from all influences is a great way to write uninspiring music. It's like a chef who refuses to learn how to cook because she doesn't want to be influenced by anyone who has come before. Really excellent way to kill your creativity before you even start. Originality doesn't come from rejecting all outside influences. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The more things you allow yourself to be influenced by, the more new ways of thinking will flow to you consistently. Anytime you close the doors to outside ideas, you're cutting off part of your creative portals. Be open to everything and your creativity won't be limited. 
Number 11, download as many plugins as possible. You never know if it'll come in handy. Plugin FOMO is an incredible way to waste all of your productive time. Make sure to spend all of your time searching out and installing every free or paid plugin you can get your hands on. Then you could become a professional tinkerer and hit all of your producer friends with, yo, have you tried the Better Geyser 5000 yet? It's amazing. Your ignorant friend will respond with, man, I've been too busy finishing songs to check out any new plugins. Sucks for him, right? Okay, so your DAW has all the tools you need to create and finish professional sounding music. There will always be cool tools, but you have no business diving into them unless you have already developed the skill of finishing songs. If you aren't finishing songs right now, more options is not going to get you any closer. 12. Never make music when you're uninspired. If you really want to fail hard, there is nothing better than waiting for inspiration before you sit down and make music. It's a great way to make sure you only make music a few times a year. Plus, don't worry about finishing anything as you have very little chance of staying inspired enough to see anything through. So here's a couple quotes for you guys from Pablo Picasso. The first is, inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. I really like that one. Another one is, action is a foundational key to all success. So if you aren't willing to sit down and do the work when you are uninspired, you will miss 99% of inspirational moments. Inspiration is more of a reaction to work you are doing than a reaction to inactivity. The biggest challenge to any form of art is sitting down to do the work. If you want to make music your life, you'll need to self-motivate and trust that the ideas will follow. 13. Aim for perfection no matter how long it takes. Perfectionism is the perfect formula for failure. Anytime you want to avoid finishing what you're working on, just tell yourself you are waiting for it to be perfect. Then keep noodling endlessly. So perfectionism is not what you think. It's not about high standards. It's about the fear of judgment. It's a major form of procrastination due to the fact that you can only be judged on what you finish. Perfect is not an attainable goal. It's the enemy of art. So be unabashedly proud of your imperfect creations. Perfection, if it could ever be attained, would be sterile, lifeless, and lack humanity. How to be a crappy producer, number 14. Give yourself as many choices as possible when making music. Whenever you want to create a mess, give yourself more choices than you can possibly handle. Don't move forward until you exhaust every possibility. Then obsess over which of the 50 good ideas is the best one. Repeat this process every step of the way. So if you wanna be a great producer, you need to know your go-to tools and effects so you don't waste mental energy in decision fatigue. You're much better off having a few decent tools that you know really well than to have hundreds of potentially great tools that you have very little experience with. Number 15, 
Let yourself get lost in sound design when in producing mode. Right when you're starting to find your flow of a track, make sure to stop your progress to perfect a sound for hours on end. It's a great way to lose focus on the real goal of finishing quality music. So there's a time and place for sound design and getting lost in the sauce. That time is not during your precious production time. When you're in a production session, you should have interesting sounds that you've created that are more or less ready to go. Do your experimentation with sounds on your off days. Save the ones you like best and keep them in an easy to find folder. By approaching things this way, you'll get songs across the finish line so much faster. Number 16, don't worry about finishing anything. Just work until it gets hard and then start something new. If you wanna be a craptastic producer, never push yourself any further than you've gone before. Making music should never be hard. Stay in your comfort zone and keep telling your friends you're still working on music. Not necessarily finishing anything, but man, do you have a lot of eight bar loops. So finishing what you start is a habit. Until you commit to getting songs across the finish line, it's just not going to happen. Finishing requires you to push beyond your current skill level and to stay on target, especially when it gets hard. Only through this practice will finishing songs become natural and normal to you. Number 17, spend most of your time on social media so you never miss what's happening in the world. Now I'll cover something similar later, so I don't need to get deep into this. You get the idea. You've only got so much time in the day and you've only got so much mental energy. So if you're spending that time being emotionally invested in what everyone else is doing, then once again, you're not a producer, you're a consumer. Now there's always gonna be a balance of both in your life. But if you wanna be successful in the creative field of making music, you really need to shut down your bad habits. And social media is one of those addictions that can really creep up on you. So just be careful with this one and keep a healthy relationship with social media. Number 18, obsess on Instagram and TikTok followers, even if you haven't finished any songs. It's all about content and followers now. Don't worry about the music part unless it's a 15 second clip that can go viral. That's all that matters. So it should go without saying that obsessing on social media content is just about the worst use of your time if you aren't finishing music. If you're a producer, music should be the center point of your posts. Sure, we're in new times where we are competing for attention. However, nothing will get you more attention than putting out great music consistently. Don't compare yourself to content creators or influencers. You are an artist first and foremost. Everything around that is just fluff. Avoid that rabbit hole by posting when you've got something beautiful for people's ears. Don't think in terms of content. That's a battle for attention that you won't win. You'll just find you've lost a lot of time that you'll never get back. Number 19, don't stick to one musical style. 
Instead, try a different genre with every new song. A great way to not get good at a particular genre and never developing your own unique sound is to change genres with every song you start. So similar to a painter painting something completely different with every new piece, they never develop any professional level skill in any particular area. If you wanna be known for a sound, you've gotta repeat the process over and over again until your work breathes your personality and has your stamp on it. Nobody nails it the first couple times. You have to dedicate yourself to fine tuning your art in a particular style of your choosing. Try creating at least 10 songs in a certain style before dramatically changing things up. How to be a crappy producer, number 20. Remember that clubbing and being seen is always more important than being in the studio. There is nothing more important than being seen. You should most certainly cut your studio time short anytime there is a clubbing event. It's also important to stay out and party as hard as possible so everyone knows you're a boss in the scene. And if you believe that, you're an idiot. I'm not saying networking doesn't help, but if you got nothing of substance to share, you're not networking, you're just partying. This is a sure way to lose focus, probably lose your mind and then burn out. I've seen it many times and it ain't pretty. Do yourself a favor and practice a life balance where your mental and physical health take priority. I'm not saying you can't be a party animal and have a music career, but it's not sustainable. Those who last clean themselves up and take care of themselves. The rest end up broke, damaged, and forgotten, if they even make it out alive. Number 21. When a song doesn't sound right, just keep adding more samples and instruments. Oh yes, the more is better approach. What a way to overwork yourself with lower and lower returns. If you're taking the just add more approach, you're probably missing what is really happening. The common reason a song will lose its spark and not sound right to you is usually because either one, you have obscured the initial groove of the song to the point that the heart of your song sounds a bit lifeless. Number two, the sounds you're using aren't gelling with your track and you're trying to compensate with overprocessing and extra layers. Or three, your mix is lacking dynamics and changes in volume your mix is lacking dynamics and changes in volume, highlighting different instruments at different times in your tune. But keep in mind that the brain can't focus on more than five to six elements in a song at once. So make sure you're trading off instruments to give each one its own time to shine. Otherwise, none of them will shine. Number 22, and we went through this before, but it needs to be reiterated. Never roll off low frequencies on any sound ever. This is a formula for undefined bass, a lost kick, and an overall muddy mix. If you like bad sounding mixes, this is a way. Now, I already kind of iterated this earlier, but you have to be careful with frequencies below 120 hertz, as you only want one sound at a time in those specific frequencies. When more than one sound has those frequencies, they fight and make each other much less defined. 
It's usually best to roll off unnecessarily low frequencies from any sound that isn't a kick, bass, sub, or low tom. You'd be surprised how many low frequencies show up in mid and high frequency sounds. Even though it's just a little, 50 tracks of a little adds up quick and will absolutely hurt your mix. Number 23, don't use sidechain compression on your mix ever. If you want to make mixing hard on yourself and don't want each sound to stand out nicely in the mix, don't use sidechain compression. So sidechaining is basically the idea of automatically reducing the volume of one instrument when another more important instrument comes in. This can help each instrument sound clear when they need to and duck out of the way when another part needs attention. Sidechaining instruments to your kick drum is pretty common in electronic music. Some music genres use it in a really noticeable way to create a stylistic effect, but most producers use it in a more subtle way, just to give the kick and maybe snare and clap more punch and clarity. This can be heard in a lot of hip hop and most beat-driven music. Sidechaining can also be used to lower an otherwise important sound only when, let's say, the vocals come in and then return to its original volume right after. This keeps vocals from fighting from other sounds in its same frequency range. Number 24, don't educate yourself on EQ, compression, reverb, or delay. Just do what sounds good in the moment and you can't go wrong. So every sound requires different processing. The trick is to know when a certain effect is required and then know the right settings for the right effect to get the desired result. If you aren't familiar with these four essential effects, you'll spend a small eternity tweaking parameters, not knowing if one setting sounds any better than another. You wanna be good enough where you can quickly get great results and keep your focus on finishing your song. How to be a crappy producer, number 25. Reject new technology that makes producing easier because that's cheating. Nothing will slow you down more than trying to do everything the hard way because you feel that anything less is cheating. So if you take pride in how hard things are for you to accomplish, you're gonna have a pretty unpleasant time making music. I think giving yourself less choices is usually the most beneficial approach. That said, there's no reason not to use the resources available to make sound design, music theory, or other production processes easier. Don't be afraid of presets, samples, loops, musical scale tools, or sound randomizers to inspire your creativity. Most of your inspiration will come from a reaction to a spark. So don't limit yourself to what that spark can be. Number 26, spend 80% of your time learning and 20% of your time making music. If you wanna know a lot about a lot of things and still not release any music, you should spend more time learning about making music instead of experiencing it for yourself. I always tell my students to start off your day just producing. Try to push yourself one step beyond your current skill level. Ponder ways to solve your challenges and then if you're still having trouble, only then should you briefly search for a solution. Like I said before, it's a good idea to set a timer for 15 minutes to find the solution so you don't get distracted and waste time. When the alarm goes off, 
get back to your music. Number 27, studio time is not sacred, so it's totally okay for people to interrupt you. Keeping an open door policy, as well as open conversations on your phone and social media tabs, will rob you of 90% of your focused creative energy. So look, you only have at tops two to three hours of quality focused time that your brain can handle per day. Any distraction during your studio time is going to dramatically reduce your brain's ability to stay focused. This very post, even with focused time, has taken me several days to complete. This is because my brain can only deliver so much creative energy. Understanding this, keeping guard of your privacy, and eliminating other distractions is so important when producing. I tend to do my best doing focused work for 25 minutes and then taking a five minute break to recharge. A few rounds of this gives me the best results. Unless I get a big burst of energy and flow and can power through for an hour or more without distraction. Try it, I think it'll help. Number 28, spend as much time as possible testing out new plugins. This can give you endless distractions and endless excuses for not working on your music to completion. It's really easy to convince yourself that the next shiny new object will make you a better producer. So the truth is that you should only try new toys after you've developed the ability to stay focused on your music from start to finish. If you haven't yet developed that skill, you have more work to do before you tempt yourself with new things to learn. Unless you've put aside a full session to make weird sounds with new tools to later edit for use in future producing sessions, you'll likely find yourself using only a handful of tools to take your music to completion. Don't let any new toy fool you. New tools are fun and some are even useful, but none of them are going to remove the need for you to build the focus and skill to finish what you start. Number 29 out of the 30 ways to be a crappy producer. Spend a lot of time every day in groups and forums. The more opinions, the better. If you really wanna be a bad producer, it's a great idea to fill your head with as many opinions as possible. This will lead you to more confusion and a desperate need to hunt down even more forums and groups searching for the right opinion. Sadly, free forums are rarely that helpful. In fact, they can be downright toxic. There are a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge but have accomplished far less than they aspired to. Now to feel better about themselves, they judge the questions and work of others, often harshly. The other side of things might be developing a dependency on the opinion of others instead of developing your own self-confidence by putting in the work. Sometimes when searching for a solution, Google may direct you to a forum post that helps you. That's great, but it's usually best to get in and out quickly. If you really want to change the game on forums and groups, get so good at producing that you're able to go to forums and genuinely help others. Try to be a positive influence among a group of either confused beginners or bitter experts. I'm not saying there aren't any nice people in forums, but the bad apples can quickly ruin your experience and confidence with their trolling, so be careful. And the last way, number 30, to be a crappy producer. Always put reverb on subs. I mean, that goes without saying, right? So look, just don't do that ever and you'll be fine. 
So there you go, guys. I hope this gives you some ideas, things to think about. Hopefully you discovered some of the patterns that you have that you can break and switch to a positive habit that will actually help you to become a better producer and finish more songs. So with that, happy music making. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you do, please subscribe to the podcast and show this with your fellow music producers. You can also follow me on Instagram by searching Ableton Music Habits or Ableton underslash music underslash habits. If you'd like to connect with me more directly, you can uh, fill out a quick form at musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash application. And we'll tackle your current challenges as well as giving you your best next steps to take your music to the next level. Take care and see you guys next time.